You're listening to Vulcan Has a Faith, the audio podcast about New Birmingham and the people making a difference. All right, it's another great day in Birmingham. I'm so excited. Um, you know, every day in Birmingham is great. I don't know what it is. We got great people here. Like T. Marie King. How are you, T? I'm good. How about you? Now, do you go by T or T. Marie? You can call me T. T. I yeah, like it. Yeah. It has a ring to it. Yeah, just a little bit. Can, so, can I call you Sweet T? <laughs> I'm nah, just kidding. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sweet T, but I don't know about a name. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just joking. No, really. We really appreciate you being here today. No, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so... Um, you know, before we get started talking about what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you like about Birmingham? Um, from Inslee. Grew up in Inslee. Um, what do I like about Birmingham? Um, you know, my family's here. I like the vibe, um, the history. You know, Birmingham has its own unique personality. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you look at Birmingham or Alabama in the relationship of the political landscape, it seems a little iffy but i think once people kind of come and kind of interact with the people that live in alabama and birmingham they really see some cool people here Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think so too i mean it's a great uh there's a lot of things that you know the city offers without it being a big city exactly and and to me it is all about the people you know we have our struggles like every other city exactly but there's there's really some people with good hearts here exactly exactly like yourself well, thank you. I think you are got a good heart yourself. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, we were asked and we asked for bios for everybody, yeah. so we can use that in promotion. But I, I want to read the first thing that was in your <laughs> bio because it really, it really sent chills up okay. my back. So, T. Marie King is passionate, passionate about racial healing, empowerment, the arts, and building a better global community. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? Um, Well, the art standpoint comes from my background is actually film and video production. So doing the community activism um, work that I do now, I try to utilize the arts to get that message across. I think the arts is something we all can connect with, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's television, art visual arts, I think we all connect to that in some type of way. And I know sometimes I deal with difficult topics, especially around race or prejudices and all of those things. Sometimes I try to utilize the arts to kind of make it more palatable uh, for various audiences. Um, Impacting a global community, you know, my goal is to kind of travel more with this work, but also I know if I impact the lives of the young people I interact with, the adults I interact with, they themselves will touch other people hence taking that message globally so you you take your message all across the country I, I assume. yeah i've been traveling probably the past year and a half across the country i want to go international um low-key selfishly because i want to see the world um, <laughs> but i think also spreading this message of love and us being more neighborly to one one another i think mm-hmm. is important yeah so how did all this come about? Like, go back. How did you start seeing the vision and getting started doing Ooh, this? I kind of fell into it, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I always talk about how sometimes people are passionate about the work that they do, but my passion and what I feel like my purpose is ended up being two totally different things. Um, so my passion is the arts, film, video production. That's what I'm passionate about. I've wanted to be a film director and producer since I was six years old. Since I saw the Muppets wow. take Manhattan, I was like, <laughs> yeah, that right there, that's what I want to do. 
Um, did it in Atlanta for like uh, 10 years as a freelance videographer, interned at Disney um, out of high school, but ended up getting sick and had to move back home. Uh, so my goal was let me work a year, save up some money, and I'm getting out of Birmingham as fast as possible. <laughs> um, but I started doing community work, work over in Woodlawn, um, really saw the need. But what changed my trajectory was I was picked as one of um, 150 community activists and organizers to participate in the commemorative 50th anniversary of the Selma to Montgomery March. Oh, wow. And yeah. so they had 150 students and 150 activist organizers. So you got a group of 300, and it was only 300 because they wanted it to actually mirror the march. Now, when you watch, you know, in February during Black History Month, if you're watching Eyes on the Prize and all of that, you see thousands of people leaving Brown Chapel and marching and crossing the bridge. And then you see thousands of people at the Capitol at the end of the march. But Dr. King could only get a permit for 300 people to actually march into Montgomery County. Uh -huh. So that's why the number 300 was so significant. So we did all five days, day for day, like they did in the actual march. And it actually rained the entire second day. So imagine marching and like <laughs> soaking <laughs> wet the entire day. But what we found out was that it actually rained the entire day of the, of the original march. So it was a very spiritual experience. By the end of it, it was just like, damn, like, why is it so difficult for us to kind of really see each other? You know, why, why can't we, like, work together? Because, you know, you're talking about 300 people that didn't know each other. We really didn't know what we were coming to. We just knew it was, like, kind of monumental, mm -hmm. and we were picked to experience this. And just the relationships that bloomed out of it, the things that we learned from meeting um, – different freedom fighters and we got to see Amelia Boynton before she passed um, met the gentleman who was in the car with Viola Luzo when she was murdered and talking about how he used her blood to cover himself so the Klan would think he was deceased you know so those things it puts you in a mental space of like like we got to be better than this we are better than this and so leaving that space with those people it was like I have to play my role and doing what I have to do to bring people together so I pretty much put the film stuff to the side and was like, I feel like this is what I'm purposed to do, and this is what I'm going to carry this message as far as I can. Wow, that was like a spiritual experience. Yeah, it was. It was. And I'm a PK kid. I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up in the church, and that, I told my mother that was probably the most spiritual experience I've ever had. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very special occasion there. Yeah, it was. So I, I definitely want to get into some of the, the speaking that yeah. you do. Uh, tell us a little bit about the seminars. Like, what kind of seminars do you do? So the seminars were kind of birthed out of what I felt was lacking in community engagement. Um, so in the work that I did in Woodlawn, I had a lot of groups, what I call well-meaning groups. Uh, whether it's a church, whether it's an organization, they decide I'm going to adopt this, this organization. We're going to come and read to the kids. Or we're going to come and, you know, play bingo with the old ladies or whatever it is. And it becomes this social media thing of where let's come, let's do it, let's take pictures, pat ourselves on the back. We did a good job. And I was actually dealing with these people in their lives and trying to help them navigate the troubles or the tragedies that they were dealing with. And I just kind of got pissed and was like, no, you're not going to come in here with that attitude. So I kind of started putting together what I thought was the proper way to train somebody how to go into a community. So I have a seminar that I do on four keys, four R's of going into a community. 
and it basically talks about community engagement, respecting the community, building relationships. And then I have one on understanding personal bias. Now you have a lot of people that's going around and they're talking about implicit bias and all this stuff and they want to give you all the academic terms and all that stuff and the statistics say and blah, 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 a bunch of BS. And I feel like the only thing you need to understand about personal bias is you. You need to understand why you feel the certain way about certain things. And that's what you got to check. And so my whole workshop on bias centers around you evaluating yourself. You know, so you can't sit up there and have a deep conversation about Colin Kaepernick kneeling with the flag if you can't deal with why you upset about him kneeling. You know, so I challenge people to be a custodian on the way they think about people that are different from them. Wow, that is really po powerful. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But yeah. I, I think we miss that. I think we look at things and it's like, oh, that's wrong, that's bad, or this person is bad, and it's like, okay, but why do you think that? You don't know this person. Yeah, you have no context, so why are you so angry? Yeah, so not to go into detail, because mm -hmm. we definitely want people to come out and yeah. see your seminars and stuff, but are there key indicators or steps, or how does someone... I mean, you got to look at yourself. Um, so, you know, you come to the South, you know, everybody makes you pick a side, Alabama, Auburn. <laughs> um, and, but nobody just is born as like, I'm an Alabama fan, I'm an Auburn fan. Something leads you to that. It may be a parent that says, this is what this house does. We're, this t we're for this team. Or I didn't like so-and-so, so now I'm on this team. Or I like this person, I'm going to support them. It's things that lead you to the decisions that you make. And so we go through life, we become adults, and we say, oh, well, I want to live in this neighborhood. But we don't think about the key things on the inside of us, our experiences, our background, that led you to choosing the neighborhood that you live in. Mm -hmm. So it may be something as simple as I grew up in a bad neighborhood and you may not be thinking about that when your realtor is showing you around, but deep down in your subconscious, it's like, I don't want to deal with the violence. I don't want to deal with X, Y, Z. I want this. I want this around. So you look for that without really thinking that's a bias mm -hmm. against how I grew up that I'm trying to change. So it's like just being trying to encourage people to be honest about why you see things a certain way. And if you need to change it, make the changes. You know, if you're happy with how you are, then all right, cool. You know, gold star for you. But, you know, we all have things that we can clean up. You know, and I encourage people, I'm cleaning me up constantly. You know, I can't do this work and not be uh, introspective on a consistent basis. You know, so I catch myself sometimes saying stuff and I'm like, that's not right. You know, you need to check that. Why are you feeling that way? And I have to make the adjustments. So that's what I want to encourage people to do. Wow, that, again, that is so powerful. I mean, some... You know, there's a lot of protests and different mm -hmm. things that are going on these days. And sometimes you have people that just jump on because they are feeling a certain way, but they don't recognize what it is. Exactly. So that's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it happens too often. I t encourage people. Some people say, you know, well, I'm tired of marching. Well, I'm like, sometimes you got to march in your own life. You need to march around in your own mind, <laughs> in your yeah. own heart, <laughs> and figure out what's wrong and correct that so that we can correct some of these larger systemic issues in our society. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you have coming up? Have you got any events you're going to be doing? Um, well, I have a bunch of workshops that I'm doing with different organizations um, for their staffs. Um, a cool thing I'm doing, I've been doing some nonviolence work um, out in South Dakota. Um, so I'm getting ready to head to South Dakota in August um, um, for 10 days in August to do some healing workshops with some indigenous tribes out in South Dakota. Wow. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, just recently did some privilege exercise with some students um, with the uh, urban service camp 
Um, so that was great working with the students. Uh, so I try to hit everybody on all levels. Yeah. Yeah, well, good stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll post things as they come up, too, for you so everybody can be aware of what you're doing and hopefully hear you talk. Awesome. That'll be great. Yeah, so for somebody that wants to uh, reach out and find you to mm-hmm. find out what's going on, are you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or anything? Yeah, all of the above. Um, I'm on Facebook, like my name, T. Marie King. Uh, Instagram is TMKing79, and Twitter is TMKing1. So I normally post all my stuff. I'm on LinkedIn, too. don't go to it often, but I'm on there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being here and sharing a, a little bit of your wisdom and, and what you're up to with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Everybody right. go out there and be loved. Follow us on social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Vulcan Has a Fade. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.